We're Bacula like Dracula. It's the Sixth Demon Bag 2021 Halloween Spooktacula. I'm Jeff Sexy Costume Carter. Irredeemable Ed Erdelak. Elliot literally almost died this year, McMillan. Ryan Moore Spookiness. Revenant Ryan G. Oh, woo! True. Wardrobe malfunction. Uh, have you ever had a costume fail? One year, I was a uh, a Buffy style vampire. So when Buffy was all the rage, uh, they were selling these really nice uh, foam latex prosthetics, which you could put over your face to turn yourself into a monstrous Buffy style vampire. And what makes uh, a prosthetic like that really good is the detail around the eyes. And so the, the opening in the foam latex goes right up under around and into the corner of your eye and to blend the edges and uh, you know, make sure that you don't look like someone in a mask with like two normal eyes peeking out, you kind of got to glue it down. And I got a brush of spirit gum, which is this really, really sticky glue. And I was trying to brush the corner of my eye and I ended up dropping a fat drop of glue directly into my eye with a contact lens. (laughs) And I don't know how or why, but like, Days earlier, I had read some article about someone who glued their eyelid shut and they had to go in with a scalpel and delicately cut between their eyelids. And I was freaking the fuck out. Um, And I think much like Ryan Jirasi has absorbed and metabolized uh, a, a thousand chemicals in his uh, mold making and mask making. I think at that point, my body was so used to spirit gum that I just like blinked and it was gone. My body just sucked it up. <laughs> Absorbed it. It's still in there. It's just waiting. Still in there. Work yeah. slowly working its way towards your heart, Iron Man style. So here's a sort of uh, philosophical question. Um there's this uh, professor in the UK and um, he hands out a sweater at his shows and uh, he says, look, this has been thoroughly cleaned and it bears no trace of the original owner. Um, Would you like to put it on? And so he goes into the crowd at one of his speeches and, you know, people uh, are like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll a clean sweater. I'll put it on. And then he tells them that it used to belong to an infamous serial killer. And usually people will, uh, like, just pull it off right away. Um, And then sometimes he'll try to entice people to put the sweater on by offering them money. You know, what he's getting at is that even rational people believe there's, like, somehow this sweater is tainted because it was owned by a serial killer. Uh, so 
my question to you, Ed, is would you wear a serial killer sweater for $100? Right now, yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm not a psychometrist or whatever you call it. I'm not going to get any impressions off it. It's just an object. It's hundred. And if there's $100, bonus, sure. I'd have to be, I'd have to see on the day. I guess I probably would. But, no, I probably wouldn't. I'm a little squeamish like that. But you could use it as an excuse to kill somebody. You could be like, the sweater made me do it. And they would have no legal recourse. You'd have to question the man and say, shouldn't that be evidence somewhere, sir? I feel like you're lying to me. Why do you have this? Drew, would you wear a serial killer sweater for a dollar? Of course. <laughs> His closet's full of them. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where it's a... For me, I think it would be a reflex reaction, like when you're eating something you've never had before and your first reaction is, you know, like the first time I had sushi. And then later I kind of just get over it and move on. And so now I have a closet full of sweaters. I am not a superstitious person. I don't think there's any taint of the murderer. Tanny, if you're lucky, um, in the sweater. Uh, but I just know that psychologically, those two things would be linked in my mind. Some part of my brain in the background, my subconscious, would sort of be ruminating on that. And that would probably be a bummer. Uh, related to that, and one that I've often thought about, is how you sometimes hear about houses go on the market that are murder houses, and you get like, a, you know, they get, they, they either are selling for really low because they have to disclose that somebody was murdered there. Would you buy a house that was uh, a murder house? One of the first scripts yeah. that I wrote was uh, a real estate agent who sold. There was a serial killer in a neighborhood, and he was selling the houses that people had been killed in. That there was this morbid fascination people had with them. So he was selling these houses, and he was making a fortune but he was out of houses to sell. So he started killing people himself to have more inventory. Hmm. That's not bad, you know. Now there's a TV show, I think, on sci-fi. It's called Surreal Estate. It's about, like, the same thing. I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but there was a... Right across the street from my house, there was another house, big, beautiful house, and there was an older gentleman who lived there with his... Um, learning disabled daughter and she used to walk her little like poodle around up and down the street and we were you know we were little kids but we were we would play with her dog and she was super nice and one day he was sick or something and he realized she wasn't going to be able to take care of herself so he he did a murder suicide and he killed her and then he killed himself in the house well a it was very sad i mean i was like heartbroken because the girl was so nice to us and then B, it was just super creepy, you know. They closed down the street. We, we got off the bus, and we had to get off the bus at the bottom of the street because the police had closed the street off and stuff. And then eventually somebody bought it, and my sister was, like, house-sitting when they were on vacation one year or something. And so I went in there, and I was, like, so spooked out just being in there for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, I've often thought about that. That's, that's my story. No, I've often thought about that, though, getting a house that somebody was... somebody Something like that happened, and could I deal with that? That's... I think a sweater is... I probably wouldn't have been able to sleep in there. Yeah, I don't know about us. I don't know about a house. Vampirate physics. If a vampire wore an eye patch with a mirror on the inside, would he be able to see behind him? 
I was gonna read it in a silly vampire voice, but I know Jeff hates that, so... I think we've talked about this just, like, as friends. And I don't think so, because wouldn't the light be blocked... Blocked off from the mirror, even though he's not visible in the mirror? Could, does light shine through him as well? I, light shines through the vampire when they look at a mirror, they don't see themselves. I, I think I'm going to agree with Jeff on this one, because um, when a vampire looks in the mirror, you could see behind them. You know, the light isn't blocked. Do they cast a shadow? Nosferatu casts a big, long shadow on the wall. It's true, and it's, like, motile. When a vampire looks in a mirror, he sees no reflection. He Therefore, whatever is behind him, the light is refracting off of it and reflecting off the mirror. But when you look in a mirror, you can see, like, the sides of the room. You know, there's, like, a whole world inside through the sides of the mirror. That yeah, light, you can light bounces in all directions. It's true. Are you saying all the time, too, or does he have to, like, pull the thing forward and look? Because, I mean, if it's right against your eye, you can't see anything. I, th- I feel like he can't see, but that's just my opinion. This is the kind of topic that you talk about when you've been friends for a long time and you've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> Now that I've uh, lightened up the mood. Would you be a serial killer? I could kill a bowl of cereal right now. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. COVID in fiction, yay or boo? Will you write stories with COVID? Do you want to see them? I don't really want to see them because I generally don't want to see things that are just literally about current events happening right now before we even have time to know what the historical impact of them is. Although... I did have an idea that maybe in the future there'll be lots of pandemics all the time and people will just like freeze themselves to like wake up after it's over. So that's my answer. Boo. I I was boo on this and it's actually come up a couple times. You know, people want to, you know, if you're sort of putting yourself out there as a sci-fi or a horror author, people want to know like, how are you going to handle the pandemic? You know, if you write anything set in 2020 or 2021 is everyone going to be wearing masks and you know is everyone going to be washing their hands and whatever um and i was kind of like it's so of the moment and you know that all the all the bad writers are rushing to write their covid stories and screenplays i was like i just i'd rather sidestep it it wasn't fun to go through i don't find it particularly interesting But then the other day, I actually came up with an idea that's sort of COVID adjacent. And, you know, the inciting incident would be that someone is in a line outside a grocery store waiting for their little narrow window of time when they can go into the grocery store, you know, during peak COVID. And they go in and, of course, all the aisles have been emptied from panic buying and they end up finding some weird product like buried way deep back on the shelf. And then the rest of the story is just about whatever is in that jar or, you know, whatever that weird thing is. But COVID, COVID is just sort of the, inci- the inciting incident. As narrative fiction goes, COVID has been a pretty boring pandemic. In a, in a movie pandemic, you know, there would be 50 million dead people and there would be people in the streets dying and there would be riots and there would be power outages and and all that. I mean, the worst thing that happened for me was like 
I had to pay a fee to get McDonald's delivered to the house. CSI, Transylvania. Netflix wants you to pitch a police procedural about a monster detective, but they aren't accepting anything with vampires or werewolves. What is your take? I have a question. Is the detective a monster or is the detective a human who detects monster activity? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Detective is a monster. (laughs) Okay. So, like, the detective could be a pixie or something. The detective would be the creature from the Black Lagoon, but all the crimes would be water crimes. There's always an inlet or a fjord. (laughs) (laughs) CSI Black Lagoon. And I was thinking of some kind of, like, Hebrew toilet demon that would do, like... forensics (laughs) forensics <laughs> on and on the sewer line or something it'd be great if all the cops were mo- yeah like all the departments were monsters like the forensics specialist was some kind of ghost he's like the expert in death frankenstein might make a good detective actually oh yeah frankenstein is actually smart in the book yeah so you're right he'd be he well be read and detective. he'd be a good detective yeah i mean he's a scientist like what i mean don't tell me you mistook the monster for the scientist Frankenstein. No, no, come on. You know what we're talking about. That's the the joke, is making fun of people being that dude. It'd be funnier with Universal Frankenstein, though. Are you guys ready for the first quiz? Quiz? I didn't study, but okay. I feel like you've been studying for this next quiz your whole life. Candy job. Candy is also a hobo term. Candy kid is the fellow who gets the good breaks. Candy job is a pleasant job. Candy team is the favorite span of mules in the outfit. Can you guess if the following terms are a type of candy or a bit of hobo slang? Elliot, rum dum. May I phone a friend? Then uh, Ed's phone rings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a hobo term for an ignorant person. A rum dum is a drunk. Yeah, based on my internet search, yeah, I just put the first definition. <laughs> son, of a, son of a whore. All right, Ed, a Freddo. Freddo is a candy, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's a milk chocolate frog. Ryan G., uh, Huckleberry Gems. Hobo term. Includes two gem-shaped huckleberry-flavored marshmallow creams enrobed in fine milk chocolate. Ryan M., a big four. I'm going to say it's candy a big four is a duck egg omelet was that a hobo slang they eat (laughs) is that candy or is that a uh... hobo slang drew uh no jelly (laughs) oh jesus hobo slang candy milk chocolate peanut butter crispies but no jelly elliot bazoo (laughs) i'm gonna say that it's a hobo term for it's a hobo term it means mouth it's a term of derision shut your bazoo Ed, cherry humps. I'm going to say candy again. Chocolate and cherries. It's candy. Elliot, snorkels. (laughs) Snorkels. I'm going to say a whole term again. You definitely don't want to get those. Snorkels was a caramel bar. No wonder these candies aren't around anymore. They all have terrible names. Ryan M. Perky Nana. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that's a candy. Chocolate covered banana flavored chew bar i eat those with a handful of cherry humps (laughs) monstrously complete breakfast 
Bust the Monster Cereal, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, Yummy Mummy, and Fruit Brute. What monster flavor would you add? Creature Crunch. Well, now I think you'd have to have a zombie of some sort. Zomberry. Oh, there's already lots of berries. Zomberry is good, though. Chupacabros. Succubus Sugar Flakes. Cocoa Creature. The Abominable Snowflakes. Popobawa Krispies. <laughs> Jeez. Popobawa is a uh, African sex demon, isn't it, or something? <laughs> and it shouldn't be crit. It should be Popobawa Slipperies. <laughs> Coven Crunch. Yeah, Witches is a good one. The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Cinnamon Ghost Crunch. Polter Pops. Oh, that's a nice one. Thank, thank you, Drew. <laughs> I love you, Drew. <laughs> Drew's being... I think Drew's being really kind, but okay. <laughs> what would the flavor of the witch, which one be? Green. I don't know, but the slogan would be, would dad like to live deliciously? <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, wait, so are they just butter flavored? I was thinking more like a ripoff of Lucky Charms. But what would you call them? Witch... Witchy wafers? Cackle and crackle. Ooh. Snap, cackle, and pop. <laughs> Witchly somethings. Frosted witchy wheat. Yeah. yeah. Witchy wheats. Yeah, Ryan, I think you got it. My follow-up question slash bonus challenge is, do you guys feel strongly enough about one of these concepts that we could improvise a commercial? They're always trying to get my witchy wheats, and I let them because they're poison. <laughs> oh, it should be an apple cereal like the witch. An apple cereal like the mm. witch with little poison apples and things. All right, well, maybe if I'm feeling froggy, I'll... Uh... I'll draft a commercial for us to read when we reconvene for our shoot short story spooktacular. Writing commercials is hard. You better have a jingle queued up as well. Uh, that's on you, man. For a taste that's great to eat, get a bowl of witchy wheats. Done already. Oratorium, Haunted House Edition. No more clowns, pig mask cannibals, or sanitariums. These are easy scares with a strong visual that can be done on a low budget. What themes would you like to see replace them? I like that idea of taking something people are already afraid of, like a courthouse. That's really actually true. That's really interesting because clowns are scary to some people, not to add. Cannibals are you know, scary because it's got that whole hillbilly backwoods thing, whatever. And sanatoriums include, you know, insanity and hospital uh, wards and things hospital like that. wards, et cetera, et cetera, disease and illness. But the legal system it's actually, for the plucking. I, I really do think because you could have judges and bailiffs A prison. and people in in prison costumes and you know, the prison gonna, is pretty like, freaking horrible. Yeah, they're gonna lock you up, and <laughs> I'm just thinking of like when you walk down, like when you're being like uh, checked into a jail, and you're you know walking there with your shit in your hands, and there's all not your actual shit, your your clothes and everything. That comes and, later, and, and you're walking down that bank of cells, and all the guys are yelling, you know, fresh fish and all that. Fresh shit fish, fresh fish. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. That's you've pretty been deloused. All right, so we've talked 
on this podcast before about uh, worst sexy costumes or, you know, terrible, terribly translated costumes. This year, we're talking about sexy costumes, and the quiz is, can you identify which of the following are real costumes and which of the ones are made-up sexy costumes? Grinch, Yoda, Poop Emoji, Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. I think all of these are... All of these are, are sexy costumes. Correct. These are all sexy costumes. Which of the following soothing costumes are real sexy costumes or made up? Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers, orange crayon. There's definitely sexy orange crayons. Mm. Sexy Mr. Rogers, I feel like, would probably be a thing. Sexy Bob Ross, too. I'm going to go with all of them again. All of those are real sexy costumes. Hand sanitizer, tariff, <laughs> tariff, murder hornet, tariff, TikTok app. Uh, all, all of the above. All of those are real sexy costumes. What does a tariff look like? Is it just a sign on a sexy lady that says tariff? So I'm looking at the sexy tariff costume. It's basically just a mini skirt with tariff written all over it. I told you. What does that refer to? Tariffs. Ryan M, food or political? I'll go with political. <laughs> yes, <Right>. we knew that. <laughs> Which of the following costumes are real sexy costumes and which are made-up costumes? Bernie Sanders, fake news, mail-in ballot, college admission scandal. Going off the fact that they've all been real so far, I'm going to guess that all of those are real. All of these are real sexy costumes. There's got to be a sexy Trump and sexy Biden as well. Just loose skin and old balls. Gross. Drew, uh, that leaves you with the food category. Which of the following are real sexy costumes and which are fake? Well, I know Hamburger is real. I know the Colonel Sanders one is real. The tater tot ones. Go with all of the above. All of these are sexy costumes. Pop quiz hot shots. Pillowcase or pumpkin bucket? Pillowcase. Edward Erlach. Pillow sack or pumpkin bucket? Pumpkin bucket. Elliot McMillan. Pillowcase. No, paper bag. Paper bag. It's not a selection. Curveball. Ryan M. Moore. Pumpkin bucket. This is about what we jerk off into, right? <laughs> Ryan Moore candy fits into a pillow sack. Drew Weary. 33-gallon trash bag. <laughs> I'm a pumpkin bucket, even because you can fit more candy into a pillowcase. There's nothing that says Halloween about a pillowcase. Exactly. Exactly. See, if we filled up our pumpkin buckets, we just went back to the car, dumped the candy, and went back <laughs> out. I never was that smart. The sun sizzles across the horizon, and we must flee to our crypts for now. The Sixth Demon Bag Podcast will return with the Scary Story Spooktacular. Black cats and goblins and dust, and witches with all their hosts. You may think they scare me, you're probably right. Black cats and goblins on Halloween.